welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dodson. And welcome to Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dodson. Here are my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. No Garrett Price today because he's too busy cooking a turkey. Gobble, gobble, gobble. You know it. I mean, some I mean, sometimes it takes a long time to frost a turkey and cook it. So he's slow cooking it. Ooh. Starting on a Tuesday night. Nice. That is going to be one tasty bird. You know what? The holiday season is just harder to get people out here. We, we, we're probably going to record. We have to figure it out because uh, Christmas Eve is coming up this year on a Tuesday. And then New Year's Eve is on a Tuesday. Oh, that's going to be a weird schedule. We normally record on Tuesdays. Uh, so we're going to figure that out. We are. We'll, cause we'll have to see. I'm a no-go for sure on Christmas Eve oh, and for no. sure on Christmas Day. Are you sure? Uh, pretty sure. A little busy? Okay. Uh, pretty sure. I mean, we'll do it like on a Sunday when we watch a Browns game and do a podcast. That's yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, on a Sunday. And that not might, talk about the week. We'll just do like evergreen episodes. Sure. That might be what we have to do. So we're back here. Um, before we get into that, I got to talk to you about our sponsor here for a little bit. If you're okay, Matt, if you're okay with that. I'm, I'm No, I'm good with it. I mean, we're only talking about DynastyOwner.com. Dynastyowner.com. That's right. What, what What's their talk about dynastyowner.com? Right now, they're getting ready for their full launch in 2020. So we had we promoted them going into this year about getting to their beta testing. We filled it up super quick. And a lot of those people got some special treats, you know, like it was Halloween. And if you missed out on that, there's still time to get involved with their 2020 launch. They're limited to 1,000 leagues. So if you want to get on the wait list, now's the time. Go to DynastyOwner.com, sign up for the little wait list, and then when they go live, they, you'll be ready to get in that league and check them out. It's a really cool new way to play Dynasty Fantasy Football where you actually use salary, uh, not a regular salary league, but NFL salaries to build your team. And right now they're getting ready to launch here in the next couple of weeks, and I think we're going to get ready to do a mock draft uh, next week with them, but they're a new mock draft tool. Right. And it is, Matt, I saw the mock draft tool. It's the nicest looking mock draft tool I've ever seen. So far to date, today's correct. Yeah, I mean, we're building one too. I was gonna say, don't sell ours short. There's, we, have, we haven't seen the front end of ours yet, so oh, you know. I mean, they got a lot of money. Exactly. Yeah, you know, we don't have as much money. Right. You know, but it looks really pretty. It does look pretty. Ours will be sufficient. <laughs> <laughs> so, dynastyowner.com. Make sure you check it out. Dynastyowner.com. Uh, check out their podcast. Follow them on Twitter at dynastyowner, and make sure to get on that waiting list. Again, only a thousand. People can get on this waiting list for DynastyOwner.com. And last time we talked about them, it filled up in a month, and we filled up every single beta platform they had, even though they expanded it. It's going to be a brand-new way to play Dynasty Fantasy Football. Don't miss out on it, DynastyOwner.com. So today, Matt, we're doing, uh, for the free episodes, we're going to talk about some QBs. We're going to talk about some uh, running backs. And uh, I know this time of the year, a lot of people eat turkey. And... What? Wait a that's not. That doesn't sound like a turkey. Oh, that's not. That, that, those are crows, Matt. Oh, those are crows. Gonna eat some crow instead. I'm gonna eat some crow because, okay. um, well, Derek, I'll take I'll take a little bit of that as well. I mean, that's fine. I mean, when we get to the running backs, Matt, we're gonna talk about Derrick Henry. Okay. And the reason everybody else is eating this delicious, sweet, succulent turkey. I don't know about succulent turkey. Be dry sometimes, but you put some gravy on. It's fantastic. Uh, I'll be eating crow. So the crows are just gonna sit here in the background. I'm gonna be eating them. Because uh, Derrick Henry has uh, stepped up this year and been fantastic. He has far exceeded our expectations. And he's looked fantastic, too. And I'm going to tell you my new take on Derrick Henry when we get to the, court, the running backs here soon. And it might surprise you. 
But maybe not. But maybe not. <laughs> we'll see. I've got a very strong take on this. Uh, but he's had a fantastic year. And kudos to him because he looks great. And he's been pretty – I mean, he's had a couple down weeks, but who hasn't? You know what I mean, what fancy player hasn't had a down week that's not named Lamar Jackson? Right. The, him and, you know, uh, Christian McCaffrey probably haven't had many down weeks. So, And he might have even had one. And speaking of down weeks, I mean, dude, what about like – so question here like Garrett proposed is, you know, all these underwhelming QBs of 2019, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, they've been down. Baker started off really slow. Darnold, uh, Baker and Darnold both kind of bouncing back this week. These last couple of weeks, Baker's look pretty good. But, I mean, a big setback here for a guy like Carson Wentz, who looked like he was he had a chance to be a top three dynasty quarterback here at one time. Huge, massive step back. Right, and here's the thing with Wentz. I mean, it was it's one of those things where did he get paid before he really, really did anything? You know what I mean? Because – he never really – he's never performed. He's never even been in a playoff game. Never been to a playoff game. So it, it's always been, you know, it, Nick Foles obviously, you know, dragged him across the finish line that year and, and into the Super Bowl and everything. But he looked good when he played. Right. But, the you know, the, the common theme between Goff and Wentz is both these dudes got paid. You know what I mean? They, they, they got paid, and with, you know, with getting paid, sometimes comes a little bit of extra pressure you know, self-induced pressure. You know Correct. what I mean? Like you have to, Oh man, now all of a sudden I have to live up to this money that they're paying me. And sometimes you press a little bit. So are we seeing a little bit of that? Yeah. I, I I'm never going to freak out over, you know, some quarterbacks always have that second year slump, which is kind of what I feel like, you know, for the Baker, you know, we'll talk about Baker here in a second, but no, I just want to talk about Baker now. Let's just, look, we because, can jump right into Baker. That's because, fine. you know, there's always, there's, it's called a sophomore slump for a reason. And Baker made a comment a couple of weeks ago about saying, oh, I, you know, he kind of slips it. I thought this was going to be easier in the beginning of the year. And now he stepped up a lot as of late. And I think, you know, sophomore slump. At that time, Baker only played six, seven games in the NFL. Coming in here with Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham. He thought it was going to be easy. Right. And he, he had the toughest defenses in the league he had to face for those first six weeks. And for me, if, again, you go back to Adrian Pe- uh, Peyton Manning. You look at some of these top quarterbacks, their first two years, their interception ratios, just their overall performances wasn't too great. You know, it's a, it's it's that third year step. This is what we talk about receivers, tight ends, that third year step where the players really come into their own and become superstars. You have outliers, guys like, you know, their rookie years like Lamar Jackson, like Pat Mahomes, his second year when the MVP. Right. That happens as well. But for the most part, in general, like we say, most tight ends take three years. Most quarterbacks really take a huge, massive step forward in their rookie contract year in their third year to come and be you. Their second year, a big step forward. You know, halfway through the year, you want to see something better. And then the third year, they kind of explode into that superstar you expect them to be. And that's where I kind of came away with Baker this year. Um, just not really ready. Well, he, well, here's what, here's how I see it. You know what I mean? Like, these guys, they come out their rookie years. They've been throwing a ton of passes in college. So they're, the guys nowadays are a little bit probably more ready to, to heave the ball than they have been in the past, especially guys like Baker coming out of these spread-type spread, spread type offenses. So they have some early success because the book is – there's no book on these guys yet. But coming into year two, all these defensive coordinators have a full 16-game slate of, of tape to watch on them, and, and they pick up on tendencies. This happens. And – you have to be able to to then adjust, and that's I think where you get a lot of this sophomore slump type of performances, especially out of the, the quarterbacks, the the quarterback positions. So you said you know, it's it's Darnold and him that are having kind of having issues, and the common theme is you know Don, Darnold got a new offensive coordinator, and even though Fred Freddie was there at the end of last year, 
he's now the head coach, and they brought in a lot of extra pieces where they didn't really get a chance to gel in the preseason because nobody played. So it was there was a lot of change in both those guys's you know situation early on, especially early on in the season. And now you're seeing as as the year progresses that they're starting to settle in a little bit and they're starting to look a little bit better. Yeah, I still liked Sam Darnold a ton in Superflexes. I mean, he's 21 years old, uh, super young. I still love Baker. I have Baker right there in the mix with, you know, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson as my dynasty quarterbacks, where I had him as my number two going into the year. Right. Now, you know, one, two is locked in. Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, locked in. I, I Without agree. a doubt. Yep. If you took Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson as your first quarterback in Superflex, I'm not arguing it with his rushing ability. You know, I mean, you, you're getting 12, like 1,200 additional yards of rushing per year. I mean, that's that's irreplaceable. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he doesn't throw. For, he's not gonna, he's ne- probably never going to throw for 5,000 yards. You know what I mean? But with a TD to interception ratio right now of 24 to 5, he's getting it done through the air in, in, you know, as far as touchdowns, interceptions, and then you're getting 1,200 yards rushing. It's going to be 5,000 total yards. And when it comes to fantasy football, you're going to take the 1,200 rush. I mean, 1,200 rushing yards is equated to, in most leagues, 2,400 passing yards. I was going to say, yeah, 2,400. If not even more. Right. If not even more. It could be about almost 2,700 because you go 25 points. You know what I mean? Right. For 25 yards. So he is just his weight. We talked about this when, you know, I said I was going that. Lamar Jackson rant of why you should look somebody came out to me like a couple weeks ago like oh I thought you didn't like Lamar Jackson I'm like I literally did a podcast and said why you should draft Lamar Jackson here's why and I broke it down and gave you all the Mike Vick numbers and here's where we are like did I know this was going to happen no did I know Lamar Jackson was gonna be great no did was the opportunity there and did we talk did we discuss this when we were breaking down quarterbacks why you should take Lamar Jackson high is because of his rushing ability and what that can give you and we kind of gave the Mike Vick comps well he surpassed Mike Vick already one in Russian he's going to beat Mike Vick's Russian record and two yeah barring he stays healthy yeah, he's but. just a better passer I mean we knew Lamar Jackson was going to be a good rusher right? right we knew that his Russian ability is going to be an asset well we our biggest question mark was his passing ability and, it's fifty-three percent completion percentage. Right, and and you could see it. His rookie year, he was throwing wounded ducks all over the place. He improved leaps all, and bounds a lot. Greg, Roman, yeah, Roman's done amazing leaps and bounds. Right, he's out there making Pat Mahomes sidearms right throws on Monday Night Football. Accurate, get you know, he has some balls that are off here and there. But what quarterback doesn't have balls that are off here and there? You know what I mean, I, you got to have <laughs> balls that are off to play quarterback. You can't say that with a straight face and look at me and and not expect me to giggle just a little bit. Sorry. I don't know where you're going. I'm just about quarterbacks. <laughs> I know. Here. I know. You're pervy McGurvy over there. I can't help it. So man. for me, I mean, Lamar Jackson's just again, he's gonna, he should win MVP this year. Absolutely. Uh, and to, now when it, we're going back to when I, I'm gonna update my, I'm gonna update my rankings tomorrow. I'm gonna go through my rankings, my superflex, and my PBR rankings tomorrow because I'm off work tomorrow. So I'm kind of lollygagging and get my rankings up to date because it's been a little bit. But for me. I mean, if I'm doing a super flex, I have no problem here either taking Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson with the first or second pick. Right. No problem whatsoever. No, I mean, because right now he's at 2,400 yards passing and like 875 yards rushing. That's about the, the equivalent of having a 4,000-yard passer at this point in the season with 24 touchdowns and five interceptions. So th- In the season now. In the season, right now, in week 12. 
Yeah. So there's what five more games to go. Exactly. It to me or four more games. Well, we you know. What, oh, it's five. five. Yeah. yeah it's so five. to me, yeah, I have no like again in superflex leagues. I would just rather get the superstar quarterback locked up on my roster and not have to worry about it than rolling down the dice and trying to get a guy like Carson Wentz because we mentioned those guys earlier. Carson Wentz, quarterback 14 on a year. Jared Goff has looked horrible this year. He's quarterback 21 on a year. He's a weird quarterback because he looks great when he's throwing in rhythm and it's just, you know, a three-strap drop and he's getting the ball out of his hands. You know what I mean? Like on time, on rhythm. He's one of those type of guys. But without the running game this year being like a huge factor, it seems like they just can't get everything going and they can't get the timing down. They And, and defenses are able to swarm a little bit more. So I, I would expect in the offseason them to actually do something at running back considering Todd Gurley looks like the way that he looks. I don't think they're going to get rid of him because they can't, but I think they're going to bring in somebody that has a little bit more juice. Not name I mean? Malcolm Brown. They're going to draft somebody. I, and I, I said this before the year. Everybody else was drafting Daryl Henderson in the first round. I'm like, why would you draft Daryl Henderson around? They signed Malcolm Brown to that money. Everything I said about that, it's, that now what I've said about, Derrick Henry or anybody or Mike Williams or anything like that, but that came to fruition, right. you know, like about Derrick Henderson not being drafted. I can't even go back. We have to go back to the show to say who we should draft ahead of Daryl Henderson. I think it was like somebody like Justice Hill, who just had a better opportunity than a guy like Daryl Henderson. Um, but you're right. I think that I think that kills him. You know, that strong running game just opened everything up for him. He had those three really good receivers. I mean, and then as of late, everything's fallen apart. I mean, Cooper Cup hasn't done anything lately. Uh, Robert Woods had a personal issues. Uh, Brandon Cooks with the tight end or the concussion the concussions right. out there. It's he's, been finally, a, he's finally back out there, but but I mean I don't think Cup's gone over fifty yards the past three weeks. So no, he had a goose egg right. this two weeks ago. So do we? Are we still believing in both these quarterbacks? I think for me, I look at this as a nice buy low window for both of them. No, I agree. Obviously, you know Philadelphia's had some issues. Um, just kind of getting all the pieces out there. For Carson Wentz. So, you know, obviously he looked amazing. Sean Jackson in the first game was scoring touchdowns left and right. Big bomb. And the guy's been out the entire year. So they really are missing that piece. All Sean Jeffrey seemingly in and out of the lineup all year. Banged up. And, and the the other guys are just too either too young, you know, J.J. Arcega, Whiteside, or just not talented enough. You know what I mean? They're just dropping footballs, Nelson Aguilar. Right. This is a team with how deep this wide receiver class is, is definitely going to bring in another receiver. And then their future outlook will be, you know, going to next year, it's going to be J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, the receiver they draft. I could easily see them going receiver in the first round, and then Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. And that's going to be their main core of wide receivers. And honestly, I'm surprised they haven't gone to even more two tight end sets than they already do. You know what I mean? Because right now the best two guys probably catching passes are Dallas Goddard and Ertz. I think they're one of the tops in the league when it comes to two tight end sets, but I, I hear you. I just look at this both when it comes to Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, even more so because the, the narrative on Carson Wentz isn't like super negative right now. You know, people aren't preaching against Carson Wentz. He's quarterback 14 in a year. So it's not, he's like, and it's super flex league. He's not too far out of there. He's, you're still starting on a weekend, week out basis. Right now, the pitchforks have encircled Jared Goff. People are talking about he's terrible. The team's terrible. Everything about LA Rams is just terrible. They're going to miss the playoffs. So to me, this is a really good buy and opportunity. If we still trust, 
Sean McVay to be a really good, smart head coach. If we can trust them to go, bet you know, for him, if I'm gonna trust a coach to fi- figure out their deficiencies on the team, I'm gonna trust Sean McVay to figure out what went wrong this year off season and fix it. You know, maybe they bring in a guy uh, they could sign to a, a good contract that could be offset Todd Gurley. Maybe they draft a guy. What whatever their issues are, I can see them figuring out. I can see him trying to fix Jared Goff. If if Jared Goff was successful last year, Jared Goff can still be successful. He's super young. And here's the thing. He's still tied into the Rams and McVay for the next three years. That, that was going to be my point. He, he's got no choice. You know what I mean? He has to work with Jared Goff in order to have any success. He, they can't go in another direction, a quarterback well, he wanted, and running back. When he resigned his contract, he said, he's like, I will. Co- he's like, I want to coach her, but I want to be locked in with Jared Goff. Like, that's McVay's guy. Yeah. So, to me, anytime you can get a young, good quarterback – with this draft class, how strong it is, and again, this is super flex leagues we're talking about, not regular, you know, one QB leagues because you're not gonna make this move. But in a super flex league, I'm really exploring the option of getting Jared Goff. If I'm a championship caliber team and somehow I can get Jared Goff for my late 2021st, I have no problem gambling on that. Where Goff was performing as like a top four QB just last year, if they can get this thing turned around, they have the weapons there already. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the receivers, they have. Uh, you know, well, Gurley's not getting done, but they can somehow this draft is so deep at running back, they should be able to find some kind of talent there to offset Todd Gurley. Absolutely. And, and it's somebody they can pick up in the third or fourth round. So they don't have to use like a ton of, of draft capital to get a guy that's, I think, better than, than everyone that's there. High quality. At this point. High quality. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about somebody that's better than probably David, like Montgomery, who's, you know, always a high pick there, or was a high pick in our rookie draft. So it's going to be an interesting situation to watch. But I, for me, Matt, I'm buying both Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, if I can, if the price right, right range isn't too crazy, which I'd be really interested in, like, trying that Goff. Like, even not giving my first, if there's a player I can give up, you know what I mean, or another quarterback that's a little bit older, like, that's what, that's what I'm thinking. Like if, if if somehow Goff is on a team that is making the playoffs without him, and they have a hole somewhere, definitely. That's what I was thinking. Here's a, Drew Brees, a, a nice little player. You know, here's Drew Brees in a second. You know, just to see. Just I'm flirting with that idea of what I can do to get Goff on the roster because I'm not I'm not out on either of them. I mean, another quarterback here, Matt. I want to kind of get off this one about quarterbacks that are doing too hot. About a quarterback that is doing really good is Ryan Tannehill. Right. Over since he's come in, he's been like quarterback three on a year since he's come in and started playing, and he's just somebody who's scoring week in week out good numbers is there a future for ryan Tannehill in tennessee i mean i think so he is in between weeks seven and 12 he is he's quarterback number three and if he keeps performing like this absolutely i mean you you've seen glimpses of ryan Tannehill in miami doing the same thing ripping off like eight games you know going like eight and one in a stretch and stuff so it's not that he's incapable um of doing this kind of stuff it's just it's always been little injuries and and, and stuff like that that kind of held ryan ryan Tannehill back <clears throat> but i think he's in one of the best situations for ryan Tannehill. you know what i mean they're they're building an offense that's run centric which is just going to help him <clears throat> you know be able to just turn around and do play action stuff and 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 dump it over the you know dump it over the middle and stuff like that because we all know ryan Tannehill. the big knock on him is he doesn't go downfield a lot well, you don't have to go that far down. Only have AJ Brown, and you he's, know, I mean, AJ Brown, his stuff was always a short under underneath stuff that he's really strived in. Right, and that's why I said when I was scouting, I was like, I don't see anything like explosive about him. And you guys loved his big physical presence, his his route run, the way he can catch the ball. And I mean, he's really striving there with Tannehill. Like he's being utilized just 
how how you guys said he need to be utilized. Right. It's actually coming to fruition and looking really good out there. I mean, AJ Brown's looked fantastic. He has, man, and it, it is coming together there in Tennessee. So from that standpoint, obviously Ryan Tannehill's on the one year deal, but I would be surprised if he doesn't if he doesn't get an extension here if he if he continues to play like this and they make the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he just gets an extension. Like, I wouldn't uh, that, that Nick uh, seventeen like three years, three years. seventeen million dollars yep. and. Mm-hmm. They look for the quarterback of the future somewhere else. Somebody can actually sit behind Tannehill for possibly, or even in the 2021 draft, uh, they look to go all in there, but give Tannehill another shot. I mean, I agree with you. He's looked good enough for me on a team that, like you said, run-centric. They run the ball first, opens up stuff in the passing game. They have A.J. Brown. They still have Corey Davis out there, and they might even add another receiver. Um, they want to get out from Corey. And he's only, he's only 31 years old. In quarterback years, he has got a lot of football left in him. As long as he stays healthy, uh, he's good to go for another, you know, five to seven years, which in fantasy football, I mean, that's like a lifetime. You know yeah, what I mean? it's an intriguing buy in Superflex, like, because you could probably get them for dirt cheap. If you offered somebody your 2022nd for Tannehill as a playoff push, you'd right. probably get them. Right, because he looks good now, and there, there's uncertainty. When, when a quarterback on a one-year deal looks really good, there's uncertainty whether or not he's going to stay because he might have a hot market and might just go to another crappy team that pays him a ton of money, and then the situation's not as good. So... Uh, there might be owners out there that's w- that are willing to move Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, another quarterback. It's definitely going to be in the move after this year's going to be Andy Dalton. He's going to get to start back this week for how bad it's been in Cincinnati. Do you think Dalton can get a starting gig somewhere in 2020? He's like a. F- he's going to get. A, he's an opportunity to compete. I was going to say gonna that's what he's going to get because he's a, he's a fringe type of guy for me. You know what I mean? He's he's good enough to start in the league. He's probably not good enough to take you anywhere. Uh, you know what I mean? That's and that's his mo. That's that's you know obviously he's never been to a playoff game. Blah 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 blah. So he'll get he'll get an opportunity to compete, and it'll probably be with a young draft pick or something like that. And definitely, if somebody gets hurt out there, uh, you know, he'll be the immediate sign there. If somebody goes down, right? But they'll they'll be somewhere where he does get an opportunity, and he will likely again. He's not old. What is he? Thirty one too? Right right around there. Thirty. Uh, I'll have to find him here. Andy Dalton is. 32. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, he's going to get an opportunity. Then, like you said, come week six next year, the no, the number one pick start, starting on the team that he right. goes to. But that's the kind of situation he's going to go into. I would much rather roll with Tannehill if I'm making a move. Uh, I'm totally with you. I'm with you there. Uh, Tannehill is the much better pickup at this point. Dalton, Dalton's a guy that I, I'm not, you're not going to see moved very often. You, you know, like this, it's going to be it's going to be one of those things. Where if he, either he's a throw in on another deal. Or the owner is just going to suck it up and see what happens with him and hold on to him. It's a weird landscape right now in super flex leagues with the quarterbacks. Like we're normally like you want even in like one QB leagues, right? Where oh, I have a, you know like the number twelve quarterback right now in a year is Tom Brady with one hundred eighty eight points. That's so he's a QB one, but and I'm not even going to use Lamar Jackson with three hundred twelve points. Cause it's not fair. But like QB two is Russell Wilson two hundred fifty three points which is what that's about 65 more points more than Tom Brady at QB two. You know, a lot of these top guys, Aaron Rodgers getting older, Brady getting you know already old, Drew Brees, Phillip rivers, big Ben. A lot of these guys are taking a step back and we've had this influx of young quarterback talent, but we've seen a lot of them fizzle. Like I still like Baker Mayfield going forward. I still like Sam Darnold going forward. I'm very intrigued by Daniel Jones still going forward i'm still president of the fan club i have not resigned yet uh 
but there's there's a lot of questions. I mean, Russell Wilson isn't old, but he's not young. You know, Dak Prescott, he's not going to, you know. So you're looking at Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Pat Mahomes, Baker, Sam Darnold. I mean, I, you're, you're talking about the guys that are, are, you know, four or five of those guys are going to be the next wave. You know what I mean? When 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 the Tom Brady's and the Drew Brees is when those kind of guys retire, these these are going to be the guys that are left. You know, Patrick Mahomes obviously and Russell Wilson are going to be standing probably on the top of that with Lamar Jackson, um, also in, in that you know like trifecta. But Russ is about to be the soon the, the old that he'll, really good. He's right. the he'll Brady, be, the Brees. Exactly. That that is what he's going to kind of graduate to. Um, Him and Rogers would be those guys. Right. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo, if he continues to progress and and they continue to put quality parts around him like i mean the second they got emmanuel sanders there all of a sudden this guy looks good again and they're going to draft a quarterback receiver two in his class no i like jimmy g2 it's just it's more so saying like if i'm in a super flex league like i'm doing a new startup draft right i think it even pushes the importance of grabbing your good quality quarterbacks even earlier and just building around that where you might miss out on that stud running back and those top two receivers like i am more now than ever saying hey with my first two picks i'm taking quarterbacks right and that's i mean that's a that's a very stout you know sound type of strategy because it it is so hard because a lot of these guys come out of the gates hot and then they fizzle like you like you had mentioned like we're even having you know oddities with guys like Derek carr getting benched this past week that we didn't have on the sheet but i i I did want to at least mention it because for all intents and purposes, everything was was kind of glowing about Derek Carr kind of finally flourishing and, and getting the system and everything like that in Oakland. And then they're getting their butts kicked and the dude gets benched. Like Matt, Matt Derek Carr's played one more game than Daniel Jones, and he's got one less fantasy point than him. He's behind Daniel Jones. Right. I Matt mean, Stafford's only playing eight games, and he's two spots ahead of Derek Carr. And I wasn't saying, hey, Derek Carr has taken off into superstardom as far as fantasy relevance, but just from like a starting standpoint, like he's in a, in a two QB league, he's somebody that is was thought to be a sound starter, and then all of a sudden he's getting benched. And he's not even he's, – he's barely producing at that level to even be in a two QB league at quarterback 19. You're not in love with that. You know, you can do much better than a guy like – uh, Derek Carr. I totally agree with that, but I, I feel like he was starting to ascend. L- oh, okay. you know what I mean? He started off the year slow, and then he started to ascend to the point where you, you, hey, man, I can start him as my QB too. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, the I bottom, get, the I bottom drops out. Now. So that's right, what I'm trying right. to say. I'm picking up what you're laying down now. Let's move on to some more fun topics here, which is going to be the running back situation. Now, I mentioned the show. I started us off. I had to eat the crow. Um, it's gobble season, it's turkey season. We're eating. We're getting stuff and going. Can't I, wait. On Friday, my wife's going to make turkey egg rolls where she gets all leftovers and make egg rolls out of them. It's fantastic. You use cranberry sauce as a dipping sauce. I've never heard of that. That sounds delicious. Oh, dude, you get a stuffing. You put the turkey, a little cranberry sauce and stuff inside the egg roll, and then you deep fry them. Ooh. You dip them a little bit of cranberry, too. Wow. Dude. Dude. Mashed potatoes inside the... Wow. Oh, yeah. It gets it. It gets me excited. I know, I know where I'm going to be Friday. Six to midnight all day. I'm gonna be sitting right over there, <laughs> like waiting for that deep fryer. Hello, hello, guys. Hello, gobble, gobble, gobble. I know you're off work. I heard about your egg rolls. It's Black Friday, bitches. Give me some money here for that discounted egg roll. Uh, no, Derrick Henry, man. Uh, currently, right now, just absolutely dominating. He's running back three 
in standard leagues, running back number seven overall in PPR leagues. This was a guy, you know, that I've been hating on now for three years. We've been hating on for three years. Let's not just keep this just on you. Yeah. So Derek Henry this year has been he's look he's looked fantastic, right? Still limited in the passing game. Obviously. Drastically here. And I'll say this though, at the same time, where I don't I, I love how I when I go on Twitter and I see people like, oh, we're all you Derrick Henry haters now. Where are you Derrick Henry haters now? I just want to be like, okay, what about the first couple of years? Uh, some guys get slow, have slow starts. It happens. I know, and it, but it, I mean, what I'm saying is if you draft in the first round, you didn't get instant returns. No, and Derrick Henry didn't. looks really good right now. The offense is really shifted. He's gotten even better with Tannehill behind center, um, where it's really opened up things for him as well. So for me, this is fantastic. I mean, he's a top 12 running back. But even right now, at prime Derrick Henry, right, the best we've ever seen him, he's a middle He's in a second tier of the running back one, so he's running back seven. So he's not a running back one, high end running back one, which is I'm 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 nickel and diamond here. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he's still like with, without that pass catching ability, he'll never be. Well, he'll never be a Christian McCaffrey. He'll never be. You know what I mean? He's never going to be that guy that's just top four. Top five. He'll still win you games. Oh, he's going to be elite. He's elite. He's not. He's not going to win you games single handedly. And yeah. I mean, we've seen you know, guys like Jerome Bettis. These bigger backs last a while, you know. <laughs> but for the most part, to me, Derrick Henry is still that hashtag two to three year window. So, like Mark Ingram, he he wrote a little bit longer, but like his so his Mark Derrick Henry's hashtag started playoff season last year. He's rolled with it to now. So now we're talking about almost a full season of him just looking really, really good. If you're a championship contender and you got Derrick Henry on it, I love it. Ride him. Get to the championship. If not, I'm absolutely still looking to sell Derrick Henry. Uh, that Believe it or not, that doesn't shock me. And I know that you, you know, that was going to be your big, your big bombshell. But I'm with you, man. Like, I hate to be agreeable, but Derrick Henry is limited. There is, I mean, you said Jerome Bettis, you know, some of these bigger backs can do this for a long period of time. Jerome Bettis and, and Derrick Henry standing next to each other probably couldn't look like two different, different. any more different if you try six foot five, 230 pounds. Right. Right. There's a lot to hit. There is my point. And a lot of, you know, long limbs, long legs, high cut guy. Whereas Jerome Bettis was lower to the ground, you know, more stout, more stout was able to, you know, really just pound it inside like that. Um, so I, I definitely think Derrick Henry is going to have a limited shelf life to a few years. Um, as well so you know you could you could hold on to him for another year if you want but i would definitely be be planning an exit by the end of next year for you're gonna sure. get 2021st plus plus right i mean like i again and this isn't strictly a derrick henry i would sell i i i'm absolutely like adhered to this too like i am almost any running back is for sale at any time for the price right like they should be because they the NFL just churns through them. You should also, in turn, churn through them. Get get out at peak value. And pl- and you get the plus. And, yeah. It's always about the plus. I, exactly. I sold Austin Eckler today for 2021st. Yeah, that was great. I just missed the playoffs. Somebody offered me their 2021st. I like Austin Eckler. He's 24 years old. There's a good chance that he could be the starting running back for the Chargers next year. 
just equal chance that he might not be. He might be the same timeshare running back, which is not a bad thing because he's still going to be that low-end running back one, the high-end running back two, just with his pass-catching ability. But again, if you go back with historical data and you look at these lists of these running backs that are running back ones, year in, year out, it does not matter. The list changes. This year, McCaffrey, you know, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Zeke Elliott, Mark Ingram, Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs, Le'Veon Bell. Like three of those guys were on the list last year. Those are your running backs one so right. far in the 2019 season. News of running back two at 13, Alvin Kamara. Yep. Alvin Kamara. Right on the outside. Definitely no, definitely didn't pick that one pre you know preseason that he was going to be the guy falling off the list. Yeah, and then you know, and I know he's only played in nine games, but hey, he's still running back thirteen. It doesn't matter how many games you play. Philip Lindsay's right behind Alvin Kamara. I mean he's twenty points behind. Saquon Barkley has only played eight games, running back nineteen. Joe Mixon, running back twenty. You know, David Johnson, running back twenty three. Devontae Freeman, somebody who we thought was have a good year, is behind Ronald Jones by two slots. David Montgomery, the rookie that we thought could come on strong, him and Miles Sanders neck and neck with, with literally almost the same exact points with 117. So for me, this running back always in dynasty. We talk about all the time is why you build your team in these rookie drafts around the stud receivers because you gotta be able to contract them. These this list changes too much. And now Granted, you still need Nick Chubbs. You still need Christian McCaffrey's. You still need Dalvin Cooks to win. But you get those guys in your rookie draft, not via trade. Right. That's right. I got Christian McCaffrey, Sony Michelle, and a tight end for just giving up Saquon Barkley for that hype when he was coming out there. You know what I mean? And that was an awesome trade that that I'm sure changed your whole franchise outlook. Yeah. And it was it was fantastic for right. me. I just moved down one spot. One spot. And I drafted I drafted Sony Michelle. I could have gotten Nick Chubb, you know what I mean? But I drafted Sony Michelle. That's who was my number two running back wah, the wah. year. So it was on me, you know? <laughs> but Sony Michelle, we mentioned with the knee injury, you know, so I can't do it. So for me, Derrick Henry is somebody that falls in that category. He's the epitome of hashtag two to three year window. Yeah, Derrick Henry's having a good year. And there's a good chance he'll have a good year next year, too. And, and, that's, then, and that's why I said you could probably hold on to him for one more year if you thought hey maybe next year my team will be a contender nah i mean unless you're competing now and you're contending you hold on to him but even then if i can flip derrick henry for any other of these running backs that are younger and more explosive that catches the football then i am doing it if i could flip derrick henry for josh jacobs i would love to do something like that that, that's like a no-brainer to me and that's easy to say josh jacobs on this list but i mean if i can just get a high again nobody's gonna give you the high first round pick for derrick henry but maybe you're in a league where somebody has, like, they made just, they were making moves for 2020 picks, you know, a year ago or two years ago, like I was making. Then they're in, then they're still a contender. Hey, I'll give you, they need a running back. Hey, I'll give you Derrick Henry for Joe Blow's pick. Right. Joe, I know it's a high pick, but you need to go for the ship. Yeah, Joe Blow's top four pick. Yeah. Yep. And I'm, and I'd much rather have a guy like that and just turn back over and start afresh because I would rather go that route. Or, go a, a, just a different route altogether and just get a pick and a player, you know, a player with some upside. So is Derrick Henry looking good? Yes. Has he shown me? Yes. You know, in my face. But again, I don't consider just one really good year in my face. Cause right now, if you played the odds two out of three years have been bad. Two out of three years have been bad. And chances are, are very slim that he's going to be up there for another two years. Do you know what it, I mean? It's always just about value. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I was saying, sell Derrick Henry in off season 
And if you did, obviously it doesn't look that good, good now. But it depends what you got for him. You know what I mean? So for me, Derrick Henry looks good. I like it, but I'm still selling Derrick Henry. But to be fair, I'm selling everybody. The only running backs I wouldn't really sell right now are, are named Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. That's it. And yep. those guys even come with a price tag, the right price tag, right? Like, you know, same thing here we go with uh, the Saquon thing. If somebody has, for example, Matt, somebody has the 1-1, right? So it's DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift goes to Tampa Bay or Kansas City. This, uh, say that. Hypothetical situation. Hypothetical. Yep. If you're offering me DeAndre Swift, uh, that a second-round pick that, that year, uh, a 2020 second-round pick, which is 2-1, 1-1, and a couple other things that I would like. I, I don't. I'm like it's too broad to go out there. Sure. For Christian McCaffrey, I would still make that move. Hmm. I'd make that move if it's the other player's got to be really good. You know, it's got to. It, you got to have a couple uh, of good like pieces. A good yep. upside, like if it's like a guy like uh, AJ Brown, a guy like Calvin Ridley. You know, a really nice upside player that hasn't gotten there yet. Like I'm gonna make you know Terry McLaurin. Right. right. Hey, I'll give you one one. I'll give you Terry McLaurin. I'll give you two one, and I'll give you TJ Hawkinson for Christian McCaffrey. Sold. I would sell that. I would do that as well. Like so, that. That is like a, a. That's a franchise changing package right there. You know what I mean? You're, you're all of a sudden you're going from just having one guy to being being able to fill literally four spots in your starting. And those are the and these are the only kind of guys that can get you those franchise and changing pack. And that's and that's what I'm saying. Sometimes in Dynasty, you have to like unload that superstar not saying you won't get the superstar back like in deandre swift they say you always gotta put yourself in position to get that potential replacement player but then to get through other valuable assets as well some people just look at players like there's like you go in this mindset like i can't trade this player i won't trade this player that's a, that's just not the right way to do it you always have to be open-minded because everybody's available for the right pl- price right and you have to look at your long-term trajectory and be uh, you know honest with yourself if if you're not going anywhere and you just have one good player that's going to kind of drag you through weeks and win you games that you don't need to win, it, you should probably get rid of that guy and load up with a f- and get a full team. That's I, what you got to do. I mean, and I've seen it. Colleen, uh, longtime listener of the pod, supporter of the podcast, has like in our in my high stakes league, she blew up her team and she used her couple really like a couple of her really good assets and Zeke Elliott, one of them. They accumulate a ton of 2021st and a 20 ton of upside players who have all come to fruition like way sooner than she probably even realized because now she's in that like she went from being the worst team in the league by a thousand percent training away all her players for upside players to being like the fourth ranked player in her team league this year. You know what I mean? Right. And I was just acquiring tons of upside players and draft picks and utilizing those draft picks correctly. And it could change that quickly. That's the model right there, man. That's how you have to blow it up. That's how you do it. And it's draft it. It's draft yeah. again. Where do you get the draft? Where do you get the running backs? You don't go out there and trade for these guys. They're too expensive. They're too expensive, right? You have to give up too much. Again, we just mentioned it. Draft franchise changing like drafts. You have to give up for it. Like go try and get Dalvin Cook. Go try and get Cal- Christian McCaffrey. Go try. You're literally giving up DeAndre Hopkins. And a lot of these moves are counterintuitive because now you're just creating a whole elsewhere now you gotta go draft a receiver and yeah i like cd lamb i like uh jerry judy you know but it's gonna be two or three years until they're solidified even bona ready. fide right they're even ready and that's if they hit that's even if they hit i love Corey davis more than just about anybody he's been an absolute bust yep i'll take aj brown over Corey davis right now absolute bust right 
So, and yeah, the running backs have bust potential too. I love Sonny Michelle. He's been an absolute bust too, but you know, that's mostly because I think it's that knee injury. But you have a much better chance of hitting off on the running back and going that way. And, and just as equally, you have a much better chance of trading for that young receiver after a year than you do the young running back. Right. Cause a lot, a I mean, a lot of the time wide receivers, they disappoint somewhat that they don't come out of the gates firing. So they're obtainable for, they have a longer window of being obtainable. And you go out there and make a move for a guy like Mark Ingram, who's running back nine, you know what right. I mean? On the year. He's running back nine, and Mark Ingram's not expensive. He's not expensive, and, man, does he look good in that offense. You know what I mean? Like, he's finally getting the lion's share of the carries. It's – the holes are, are so nice and loose. When you got Lamar Jackson, just when you got Lamar, left right oh and just opened God. everything up. It's it's ridiculous. So We thought Justice Hill would kind of fill that role a little bit, and Mark Ingram's just been too good. He really has. There's no reason to take him off the field. He hasn't been nicked up, which was kind of his issues in the past, always kind of having a, a little two- to three-week absence because of some little injury, and he's just been rolling, man. So Mark Ingram is a nice, solid player. He's, he's obtainable, like you said, because he's 29 years old. I mean, that's he's, he's coming towards the end, but the way he's playing right now and the way that he's kind of always been in a timeshare – he may have a couple more years in him as long as they as long as they want to keep him around there in Baltimore. And it just goes to show, I mean, going back to like the building the squad here, you know, Dynasty, so many people want to do it with youth, youth and dynasty. People talk youth, 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 traffic, traffic. Yeah, you need that too, but you also need some veterans on here for a well balanced team. It's just gonna be too hard to build that team that's just all young. I mean, the odds of you hitting every draft pick after a couple of years and they all come together at the same time. You know what I mean? They all have to come together and mature and become stars at the same time. It's just really slim for that to come to fruition. It's the best way to do is have a good mix of some vets, have some good guys on the up and have some guys come in their own like that. That's the rotation. We've talked about this before a couple right. of years ago on the podcast. Like that's the roster you want some good vets, some superstars are in their prime. Some guys are on the come that could potentially be good. And then some rookie picks are in your taxi squad. And then it's just an ever ending cycle. And as long as you draft the best player available, it allows you to make moves. I mean, I'm like, I traded Austin Eckler today for a first because I had acquired Austin Eckler for a second in the beginning of the year when it announced Melvin Gordon's to hang out. So sure. I moved up a pick. It's, you're constantly making these little moves in dynasty just to make the best overall roster. We talked about it all the time where whatever you can do to build that championship caliber team, it's, it's always the focus in here. It's a, it's a focus. A lot of people lose in dynasty where they want to make, they, they, they want to make moves just to make moves. And I get it. It's fun to make trades. They want all the draft picks because it's just fun to, in the rookie draft to have that, that dream of drafting that super young team that will come to its own which never comes to fruition. I mean, one of a thousand, one of a hundred might do that. Right. I'd say more than I bet the odds are worse than one out of a hundred. It's, uh, it's very difficult to just strictly build anything through the draft. You have to supplement in, in different ways, either, either free agents, you know, guys that you pick up that were irrelevant, that, that somehow become start, you know, starters and, and, and contributors, or you have to make trades. And you have to make sure you use that draft capital. Just right. the draft capital is just as important for acquiring proven talent. You know, we talked about it in the beginning of the year. I said uh, one of my bold predictions uh, was like about Jarvis Landry. You know, and I, you and Garrett were sitting here saying, "Oh, I just, I just don't see it, man. I just don't see him very good." I'm like, I see him being a mid-range to high-end wide receiver too. Like, I think Odell's gonna open everything up for him. He's gonna, you know, the offense is taking a step forward. Right. Right now, Jarvis Landry's a wide receiver one, and and he started slow. 
but he's 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 really cranked it up these past few weeks. The past, after the bye week, he's been he's been really solid. For and he was team. obtainable, right? He was Absolutely. obtainable for draft picks, and even right now, people wouldn't value Jarvis. I guarantee you they wouldn't Jarvis. You know, you can, I bet you can get Jarvis Landry for a twenty twenty first. I think you definitely could, and then Odell Beckham. You know, how many however many slots behind him, um, about eight slots behind him. You, you there's no way you could. There's no way. Yep. Two guys on the same team. Jarvis Landry's outproduced Odell Beckham probably for the last couple of years, honestly, because I mean Odell technically missed 16 games, so you could you'd argue that Jarvis has outproduced him fancy wise. You get Jarvis for a first probably pretty easily if you ask somebody to get uh, for a first, same age for Odell Beckham, they laugh in your face. Yep, you get the more producing receiver in a guy like Jarvis Landry. Moves you some. It's a, sometimes it's just, it, we talked about the time. It's not the big trades. It's just it's the smart trades that win you leagues. The smart trades. Acquiring, it's just like the stock market, man. Selling and buying high. You know, some players have dipped. As we were talking about Jared Goff earlier, that price has dipped. What about guys like Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara? We just mentioned Alvin Kamara running back 13 in a year. Do you think their price has dipped? I feel bad because I put in my high stakes league, I put Alvin Kamara on the trade block. And I'm like, well, dude, I hope this isn't the wrong time. And it, had nothing to do, and it has nothing to do with Alvin Kamara. Uh, being running back 13. It's just, I want to see now, because this is uh, Kamara's going to his third year, right? Right. What what could I get for Kamara? Just seeing, just testing the waters, throwing him out there in the trade bait wire. So, I mean, obviously Kamara right now is overall running back 13, yeah. but he missed a couple games. So if you go by on, an, on a per game average, he's only, he's running back six. Yeah. So... It still, all, it, I still love them both. Yeah, exactly. It, it's all in how you look at that. I mean, sure, if you were trying to buy him, you could use the fact that he's running back 13 right now. But there's no way I'd sell at a discount just because he was injured for two games. You know what I mean? No, I, I mean, if you go average-wise, like you said, he's he's running back six on the year, slightly ahead of Nick Chubb, right. which is which is fine. But we need for but he's valued at top three. Right. And... You know, obviously, Austin Eckler is going to come down. Saquon's going to go up. You know, Nick Chubb, we'll see where he sits. Zeke can go up up there. Josh Jacobs can go up. You know, Aaron Jones could stay and come down. Some of these rookies are going to come in and be solid, potentially. Again, I love DeAndre Swift. I think he could be, you know, by the time the draft comes around, like he's going to be, how I talked about Zeke potentially, like locked in as like already one of the top dynasty running backs uh, in the right situation. That's how much I think DeAndre Swift is talented-wise. So to me, again, it just makes Alvin, you know, if Alvin Kamara is valued as top six startup, top eight startup, right? And right now he's like in the mix to be running back for the next couple of years, just to say he's in the mix to be running back three to six. But I can get top eight startup value, then I'm taking top eight startup value over that guy. You know, who's going to fit, maybe does finish his running back one overall in 2021, and then maybe he's, Finishes from three to six, which is fantastic. Again, right. that's league winning running back one elite status. But when you're viewed as a top first round pick startup pick, well, I'm just looking else to see what else I can get out there for that player. I, I feel like I get where you're coming from. I don't think now is the time to sell on Kamara just because he's had that. He's had a little bit of a dip, a little bit of a downturn. You know what I mean? People are going to be trying to get him a little bit cheaper. So I don't think right now is the perfect time to sell Kamara. And obviously Barkley, you know, he's he's been playing through injury all year. There's no way in hell I'm giving that guy up for a discount. No. You you would have to still pay the same exact premium you would have to pay at the same beginning premium. at the beginning of the year if, in order to pry him out of my dead lifeless hands. <laughs> so um 
Right. So I'm I right now, of course, both of those guys, they're they're both their values are a little bit depressed, but I'm not taking I'm not taking any sort of discount on Saquon and I'm not selling Kamara at a discount either. The, honestly, the only people I would not sell like that it'd be like you're paying a king's ransom for is McCaffrey and Barclay. Everybody else is Obtainable. They're, they're obtainable. Right. Kamara, obtainable. I love them, but like uh, Kamara is my third overall running back. Right. So and I'm not taking, I'm, but I'm still not taking a cheap deal for him or no. like any sort of discount on his, on his. I'm not taking a cheap deal for Dalvin Cook. Right. I'm not taking a cheap, cheap, a cheap deal for Nick Chubb. I'm not taking a cheap deal for uh, Josh Jacobs. Those guys are in my tier of elite. Right. Elite. You know, Leonard Fournette. I mean, dude. What what have we not heard about Leonard Fournette all year, Matt? About any of the negative stuff, for sure. That it, it, him being in the doghouse. Have you heard anything about his ankle? Nothing about his injury. Nothing. Yep. Anything at all? No. To me, the biggest thing about Leonard Fournette all year is we haven't heard a damn thing about his ankle. And and the other thing, which, which is the nice surprise, is he's catching footballs, man. Tons 50, of football. Fifty six catches this year already. So, I mean, that's a ton of extra added value. And if he's not going to have the issues where he's not practicing all week, every single week, the, the sky's the limit. I mean, the guy's 24 years old. He's a complete beast. He's he's probably the best bargain at running back in Dynasty. And what I mean by that, like, he's not cheap, but he's up here. He's running back five. He's up here in that tier with everybody we just mentioned that we didn't mention Leonard Fournette saying, but all those guys we just mentioned after McCaffrey, after uh, Barkley. I mean, Dalvin Cook's got 256 points, and Leonard Fournette's got 206, so it's a big difference there. But if you go down to running back three, three. which is Austin Eckler, right, it's 218. 218. Leonard Fournette's right there. Right. That's, so, one, that's literally one point a game difference to this point in the season. So Leonard Fournette's in that tier. Right. But, again, if you look at the price tag of Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette, it's going to be drastically different. If you look at Nick Chubb and Leonard Fournette, the price tag is going to be different. Zeke Elliott, Leonard Fournette, price tag is different. They're the same running back. Right. They're the same running back. Is there a drastic difference between Leonard Fournette and Zeke Elliott? Not, not at this point, no. So the that's what I meant by the best bargain. Like If you're right. looking to go that elite running back, it's Leonard Fournette. And at this point, the Jags are in up signing him. He's going to get paid. I, I mean, you would think so. And I mean, at 24 years old, he deserves to have another big time contract and, and really play that thing out. The fact that he got this year without injury, mm-hmm. without hearing about that damn foot and that damn ankle speaks volumes for me because it's, it's, it's never been a talent issue with Leonard. Fournette. Oh, no. no, no, no. And not only that, Matt, then you extrapolate that with him catching all these footballs. I mean, this is like... This is if they can get this team together with a better quarterback and another receiver offset in DJ Shark and a tight end made Josh Oliver take some step forward. If they can open things up, how like Lamar Jackson opened things up for Mark Ingram. This offense, because right now everybody knows it's a run first offense too. This whole team's going through Leonard Fournette and he's still producing a high level. If, any, if this can open up at all, Leonard Fournette has that running back two on a year potential. I totally agree with that. Um, He's still catching. What if he catches seventy footballs this year? He's go, he's he's going to. What yeah. do you mean? Like that's not even that hard to do for the for the next five games to get to seventy. It's insane, Matt. I never yeah. I never saw that coming. He, never I mean, saw he it might coming. Be, he might be at seventy five, eighty by the end of it. 
if he keeps up the pace. He's been catching like nine to seven balls in the past past few weeks. So they keep him involved that way. He's going to be huge. Man. Oh, just it burns, dude, in my high stakes league. Right when Cream Hunt was like got busted, he was still on the Chiefs. I traded. I thought I was making a savvy move, and I traded for net for Cream Hunt. Mm. Oh, oh. Man, that hurts, man. That burns. It hurts. But, you know, hey. I don't get mad about trades like that, and I don't go back because sometimes you know I make I've made the same trades where they've worked out for me exactly the same exact trade yeah you know, going back with the Austin Eckler trade you know what I mean I struck with Iron Hot when Tyreek Hill was down with you you know I traded for Austin Heckler and Tyreek Hill I gave up the minimum because they were both down players right and that, and that worked out sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't but these are the risks you have to take in Dynasty staying stagnant causes you to be the middle of the road in the bottom of the pack and I'm here to try to win. And sometimes you got to make those risky moves to put your team to have that loaded team. You know what I mean? That team that's absolutely loaded. You have to make those risky moves. And they're risky moves for a reason. I would rather be here and here. I know you guys can't see what that is, but it's either the top or the bottom. You know what I mean? When I'm in Dynasty, I either want to be losing and getting uh, you know awesome draft picks, or I want to be up at the top winning championships. There's literally nowhere else to be. Nope. It's literally, you're either at the top or you're at the bottom. It's it's the only place to be in Dynasty. It's my favorite slogan I've, that I've always said. since literally uh, for 17 years ago when we started playing Dynasty. After my first year of playing, and I had to explain, again, this is my slogan. I said, after the first year of ever playing Dynasty, seven, 17 years ago, after the first year, and somebody's like, oh, Dynasty, what's that? I'm like, dude, it's great. Even when you're losing, you're winning. Mm. like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, you, 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 you get the last pick, you're excited. You're getting, the, you're getting the best player in the draft. Right. It's, it's fantastic. Like, you want, like, and there's a huge difference between getting Saquon Barkley and Sony Michelle. Absolutely. And then the, there's, there's not another game that you play where there's like optimism for losing. You're like, ah, it's great. No, I'm going to get this player, this player, and this player. And there's like uh, an ingrained uh, optimism, I guess, with, with, with doing there, bad. Yeah. Is there any other fantasy leagues that you play and you know that you have 0% chance of winning? 0%? And you still play your buy-in? Oh, yeah, because you're just waiting. Yeah. yeah. So that's it for the running backs. I do want to make an announcement about the Nerd Herd. Um, as a lot of you guys might have noticed, uh, I've gotten a lot of emails. Hey, I'm trying to sign up for the Nerd Herd, man. It won't let me log in. We've had the biggest shit show going on here with PayPal. So our login has always been we just use PayPal to sign up for our league. And I'm not going to go into details, details about it, but it, this might last another seven days potentially. Um, hopefully it's wrapped up here in the next five or six but we can't tell you for sure um i would check in right around a third of the month if you can't anybody's email i'll give out to you but basically nobody can sign up for the nerd herd basically they're locking us out of paypal until until they get what they need and we've given them and we've given them more everything. than more than it, what they need it's unbelievable man yeah um i mean so i know tons of you guys if you your automatic subscriptions that renew have been canceled because they don't automatically renew right now so we've lost 200 subscribers i think just in a, in a couple of days right um and who knows how many countless people tried to sign up so if you didn't if you got booted don't worry you're going to be able to sign back up and get locked in with that subscription price if you haven't been a login we'll make an announcement on twitter on the podcast next week when you can we apologize unfortunately it's out of our hands it's really out of our hands we have done everything that they've asked several times over and they keep kicking it back at yeah. us. I mean, you spend months and months building the nerd herd and then this happens and you just lose subscribers by, you know, we see a lot of people in there, but it, it's, there's been a lot of behind the scenes swearing. There's been a lot of hair pulling. There's, I'm very frustrated right now. With it's them. pretty annoying. Yeah. They can suck my balls. Yeah. Uh, 
So if that's why you tried to set up for the nerd herd, you can't get in. It's because we're dealing with this damn issue with PayPal. It will be resolved. It's just about when. And I'm guessing a week at the most because for whatever reason, it's a week at the most. But I mean, who knows? It, it takes 72 hours to get a call back from these people sometimes. So I guess we'll see. Oh, sorry. That document wasn't accepted. Why didn't you tell me that yesterday? Oh, we don't know. And they're picky, you know, like if all four corners aren't showing. Yeah. Oh, that got bitches. kicked back out. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about it. So that's what's going on with the NerdHerd. I just want to make that announcement on here. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be back. But in the meantime, if you are in the NerdHerd, enjoy it. There's so much rookie film on there. It's disgusting. Check out DeAndre Swift and how sexy he is. Ooh. Look at, look at all these running backs, man. <sighs> ETN's taking a big step forward. Chuba Hubbard looks fantastic. Jonathan Taylor looks great. J.K. Dobbins. I mean, these running backs look great. And that's a... These, oh. And that's not even to, you know, put in the, the wide receivers that are looking amazing. And, then, so and dude, and I was thinking about it for that for Austin Eckler. And I was like, dude, I was like, Austin Eckler dominated when Melvin Gordon wasn't going to be there. Melvin Gordon's not going to be there next year. There's a good chance that he's going to be the starting running back. I was like, fuck, this draft is so deep. It's going to be so good. Even at, that, so, even at the, the back half of that first like, round, you'll be able to get a I, really, yeah. really good play. Even if it's a pick 12. Like, I'm like, man, like, I'm going to miss Austin Eckler. But when this draft rolls around... In, in in May or June when we have our rookie draft and I had that uh, say it's the twelfth pick I'm like oh man mm. I'm really got I'm mm. really got, I got rid of Austin Eckler because mm. uh, I'm looking for that new, next superstar so it could all gel at the same time so have the best team ever but sometimes it work out sometimes it doesn't sometimes so, you got to go into that hey, that trade pool sometimes your running backs are Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon and Phil Lindsay and your receivers are Stephon Diggs Tyree Kill DeAndre Hopkins with George Kittle as your tight end and you still finish. Uh, you know, bottom three of your league because your points against are the most astronomical points against, uh, you know, ever. It's happens, pretty, right? It I've happens. Seen, I've I, seen it. I, I'm looking at it right I'm, now I've as seen we it. speak. You know, you, know, you come, you, you play in a championship game last year, you have a top three pick this year. What are you going to do? Mm. You know what you're going to do? You're going to keep going because even when you're losing, you're winning. You're winning. Adios. Ready, set, put up. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds. 